to see the full house tonight. Man, I appreciate the Lord, appreciate my family getting to come, and that doesn't happen a whole lot anymore. Go a lot of places without them, uh, but they come for you, all right? That's, uh, they've heard everything I've got to say. They come to see y'all, amen, come to see y'all. But I sure appreciate the Lord. He's so good to us, and I've been wrestling with God, trying to preach something else. Man, every time I come down here, I want to preach a sugar stick, you know? Just something that I mean, we'll just shout her out, and I'm, I can't get away from this thought. I want you to go to Proverbs 31 tonight, because I want to help the church, and it is revival. And uh, I know I get to preach in the Magnify Conference sometime, and I sure appreciate that, man. I, I love preaching that. That's just a time where we come in and blow the soot out. But uh, this right here, revival's a different animal. And I told Brother Pope today, we was talking, he said, Well, you got any direction tonight? And I I don't tell. I don't even tell my family. They'll ask me, Dad, what are you preaching on tonight? And I'll say, on the platform. <laughs> what, what book you going to preach out of? And I'll say the Bible. Amen, because I just don't tell. But I told him, I said, we'll be ready. We'll mind the Lord. But I appreciate you. Appreciate this church. I'm excited about the building. And I know y'all are excited about that. And uh, this better not be the last time I preach here. Amen. <laughs> I better get to come over and stomp through those new floors, amen. And I love what God's doing here. God's been good to y'all. I know y'all know that, but you sometimes just need to be reminded. Proverbs 31 tonight, and let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Proverbs 31, verse number 10. Bible said, who can find a virtuous woman? Now, I, j- I joked with the preacher today. I said, I'm going to... Preach that old, you know, uh, the preachers used to say, Bob, hair, bossy wives, and women preachers, you know. I've joked on that, so don't get nervous, amen. <laughs> Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ships and bringeth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night and giveth her meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. She reacheth forth her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the snow for her household. For all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing, clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own words praise her in the gates. Preacher Jeremy Simpson, are you seriously preaching out of Proverbs 31? I sure am. I want to deal with this tonight and preach on the church. I want to preach on this thought tonight. Who can find a virtuous church? 
Who can find a virtuous church? You can be seated. Say, preacher, how are you going to do that? Well, one of the rules of studying the Bible, you learn in Bible college and, and you learn hermeneutically is that every saved woman in the Word of God can be used as a type of the church. And it can be used as a picture of the church. And by the way, the church is always referred to in the feminine sense. It's always referred to as a mother, as a, as a woman. And God is the, the father of those that have been saved. The church is the mother of those that are saved. Can I get an amen right there? Y'all all know that to be true. And, and we have the seed of the father right here. We have the womb of the mother, the local church. And when the seed of the father and the womb of the mother uh, come together, new birth can come to be. That's why every service is important for you to to preach the book and for y'all to be to here to hear it, amen. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and apologize, put a disclaimer on the sermon. If you're sitting on the first two rows, you probably should have wore a rain jacket, amen. Because I don't know how to preach without spitting, amen. I'm telling you, we need to put like a tomorrow night, put little signs say soak zone on the first two rows. Well, when you went to SeaWorld, you know anybody ever been to SeaWorld, you know not to sit there because Shamu's going to get you wet. Well, here's Shamu. Get ready for it. I'm going to soak y'all tonight. Anyhow, I'll try not to. Let me back up. Uh, you, here it is. When you get, that's why it's important. Uh, when Brother Pope gets up and preaches the word and you're here or not here, every service is important. The choir cannot take a service off. The ushers, the musicians, the Sunday school teachers, the pastor, uh, the greeters, anybody that has a part, every member that fill these pews, uh, fill these chairs, you cannot take a night off because I'm gonna tell you what happens. You know what happens? Uh, when the seed of a man and the womb of a woman does not come together, there's a loss of life. There's a cycle of life. Do you know what we have Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? We have a cycle of life. And how many services have the church or the, uh, or the pastor dropped the ball and somebody did not get born again and we go right through that cycle again. I'm gonna tell you, it's sad. You know one of the worst things for a lady is, is to desire a child and not be able to have them and have to go through that cycle of life over and over again and not give birth. Hey, friend, it's the same way with a church or to go through the motion Sunday after Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, month after month, year after year. Hey, if somebody don't get saved every once in a while thanks to Calvary we're going to change something up I like it when people get born again so God is the father and the church is the mother and here's where new birth takes place aren't you glad for the church tonight I could preach a lot about that church as a woman but I want to look at this most of the time we only turn to Proverbs 31 on Mother's Day but I'm telling you I was looking at this and studying this and I want to preach on that Take that woman. Who can find a virtuous woman? If the church is a woman, I want to put church in there. Who can find a virtuous church? For her price is far above rubies. If you've got a church, and you do if you're a member of Calvary Baptist Church, you've got a church where the Word of God is preached and the Spirit of God is evident. I mean, it's so free in here tonight. I might preach three hours. Amen. I'm telling you, I feel so good. I thought after playing 18 holes of golf, I might hold it about 20 minutes tonight, but there's so much liberty in here. I'm liable to preach my goozle loose this evening. Amen. It's good to be able to come to church and feel the Spirit of God and know that God is on the throne. Oh, yes. It's a virtuous place. 
guard it, protect it, pray a hedge up about it because it's a price, it's priced far above rubies. It's now listen, when I was a boy, I've been in this thing long enough. I've been saved since I was five years old, 38 years. Got uh, surrendered to preach when I was nine years old. I've been preaching 34 years. Been in full-time ministry since I was 18 years old. And so I've been around the block a time or two. I mean, I'm not real old, but I- I've been around a while. And I'm gonna tell you, when I was a boy preacher, you could find a good church just about on every corner. But it's getting few and far between finding a church, first of all, that's got a King James Bible. And I ain't got no plans of changing it. Somebody say amen right there. And then finding a church that's got some standards. And then a church that's got standards but still love people. Then a church that's got standards and still love people but they got to shout. And then people that's got standards and they love people and they got to shout and they still believe in this. It's hard to find a Bible New Testament church but aren't you glad you're in one tonight? Oh yes, amen. Who can find a virtuous woman? Who can find a virtuous church? I'm talking about a biblically balanced church. I believe you got one. Preacher, why are you preaching to them? Because you need to protect it. And you need to be thankful for it. And you need to be faithful to it. And you need to support it. And you need to, amen, put a hedge about it. And you need not to say anything about it. And you need not talk about your preacher. And you need not talk about your leaders. And you need not talk about one another. Because we need places just like this. What would we be without the church? Where would we be without the church? Hey, we need the church. I'm a local church man from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. I believe in it. You can't go in the Bible and find anything but a local church. Now, you'll find a general assembly in heaven, but on earth, there's only one church, and it's the local church. I believe in that general assembly, the body of Christ seated in the heavenlies. Yes, I do. But that's on God's side. On the earth side, on man's side, there's only one church, and you're setting it in the night. If you're a member of this church, this is the church. Everybody with me still? And y'all's liking my singing, but y'all looking at me awful strange. Because them pretty girls was up here with me. That's what it was. I believe we need to keep a church virtuous if we can. The word virtuous, listen now, means righteous. It means honorable. Who can find a righteous church? Oh, you can find a church with laser shows and fog machines. Ain't no church. Hey man, I, I got so offended going down 77 a couple of years ago. Uh, maybe it was 85. I can't remember one of the interstates. And I was going down and I saw a sign and it said, uh, and it had a picture and it named the church. It was some worship center, some life center, something, something you know, changing, getting that Baptist off the name. I like being a Baptist. Amen. You say, Brother Jeremy, what would you be if you weren't a Baptist? I'd be ashamed. Somebody say amen. But on the caption it said, Grandma says it don't even look like a church. That's what it said. That's how they described their church. Grandma, that's what big bold letters. Grandma says it don't even look like a church. Well, I'd hate to go anywhere that wasn't like a church. Is that the church where I first found out there's a heaven and there's a hell? It was at the church where I first found out that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. It was at the church where the Holy Ghost came and dealt with my heart. It was at the church where I knelt in prayer and got born again by the grace of God. Thank God for the church. It's a valuable place. It's a righteous place. It's an honorable place. I'm going to tell you, it's a shame and disgrace what's going on in churches. 
And I'm not just talking about those liberal outfits. I'm talking about independent, fundamental, premillennial, judgmental, temperamental Baptist. It's shameful. The dishonor that's going on, the backbiting and the strife and the division and the hatred and the envy and the jealousy. It ought not be. If there's any place in the world that we ought to be able to go and feel loved and feel at home, it ought to be at the church house. We gotta have it. We gotta have it. If you've ever been out in this desert world without a good church, you'll appreciate it when you get in a good one. You know, it's possible. How long you been here now? About 41 years? I don't know. <laughs> Almost. 26 years. And you still got all that hair. That's amazing. 26 years. You know what you could do after 26 years? Some of y'all been here for a lot of that. You can become so accustomed to that good preaching he does that you don't appreciate it. You need to go. Turn your radio on. Huh? I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I switch to station. I'm like, dear God, give me some Leonard Skinner or Alabama. I ain't listening to that. If that's preaching, I don't want to hear it. Y'all are blessed with a preacher that loves this book, loves this book, preaches this book, lives this book. Oh, yes, that's right. I got to preach. I got to go, man. I told you I don't want to preach a long time tonight. I want y'all to come back tomorrow night. Now look at this virtuous woman. I want to compare some things. I love preaching typology and metaphorically and, and figuratively. As long as it's based on truth, it's great. Look at verse 14. Number one, I'll tell you about a virtuous, cho- a virtuous church. It will feed you. Verse 14 says, She is like the merchant ships. She bringeth her food from afar. <laughs> She's like the merchants. A virtuous church will feed you. And I'm not talking about homecoming. I'm not talking about Easter breakfast. You know, I believe most of the time my church is free meal Baptist. <laughs> Come on now. We had 176, 177 yesterday morning, and last night we had a fall festival of chicken stew and soups, and we had 300. Go free meal Baptist. I'm not talking about the soup kitchen. I'm not talking about the pantry. I'm not talking about the homecoming spread. I'm talking about a good church. You'll come in hungry from the world and that man of God will get up and that choir will get up and that special music will get up and that choir leader will get up and before you know it, it's overrunning. You've gotten fed. That's what a good mama will do. Well, if I go to my mama's house, I know it's gonna be on like Donkey Kong. I'm going to pull up to the table. She knows what I want if I come. She knows cornbread, pintos, fried taters and onions, contra ham, woo, fried okra. Oh, I'm about to have a Jesus fit up here. I felt God on that, didn't y'all? Ain't nothing better in this world than fried onions and taters, fried taters and onions with some pintos and some cornbread and throw a little milk on top of that cornbread. And I like that cornbread right when it comes out of the oven and you pour that cold milk over it and it's warm and it's cold at the same time. Heaven help the preacher. I'm about to speak in tongues, man. Woo! You know what my mama knows how to do? She knows how to feed me. Oh, can't you tell? 
You know what, Miss Rebecca back there, you know what she loves to do for Jeremiah and Bree and Israel? And Israel, Israel, our little grandbaby, she's what, 15 months old, 16 months old? Israel, she'll, we'll take her out to eat. She won't hardly eat nothing. But if we come right there in, in Granny's house, Nanny's house, don't lie to call you Granny, I'm so sorry. We come in Nana's house and she's got a chicken pie and some good old macaroni and cheese and some of that. Hey, Israel, sit there and eat like a little pig. She loves going to Nana's house and eating that food. Hey, uh, how many of y'all can testify that a good mama knows how to feed her children? Aren't you glad you're in a good mama tonight? Aren't you glad you're in a virtuous church tonight where you can come and feast on the things of God? Look at the Bible, look at the Bible. It says right here, she brings her food from where? Oh, I didn't say KFC. I don't let me get generational preaching right here, but dear God, some of you women in this new generation need to learn how to cook. When these gray-haired saints die off, we're going to have a hard time having homecoming. Am I preaching it right? We're going to have to start having homecoming catered in about 15, 20 years. I don't want no hungry man homecoming. Somebody's. I'm meddling. I know I'm meddling, but y'all making it too easy. I get in trouble when I got liberty, I'm telling you. She brings her food from afar. You know what that means? She had to travel great distance to get it. Aren't you glad you got a preacher? I told the preacher today, I said, y'all got to get me home by 2.30. I got to go get a Golden Nuggets book and get me a sermon outline out of it. And we just all laugh. You know, we was talking about that today about, you know, preachers that won't study. Hey, you ought to thank God you got a preacher. That don't just walk three steps and get him a sermon and come in here. But he goes off a long way off. I don't know how many hours a week he studies. I'll tell you how many hours a week I study. I study a minimum of about 20 to 22 hours a week. Minimum. Y'all all right? What did you say? Oh, yes. On Wednesday morning, Miss Rebecca will testify to this. I preach a series every Wednesday night. Wednesday morning, I'll get to the church, and I've already studied and prepared and studied and prepared, but I'll get to the church about 7 o'clock on Wednesday, and I won't quit till about 4 o'clock on Wednesday, and I'm in that book and studying and studying. Why? Because I don't want to just go up the road to bring my family of God a little something from KFC or McDonald's. I'm going to go as far as I can go way out honor. Aren't you glad you got a preacher that loves the Word and loves giving you the Word? Hey, a good mama! We'll feed you. Hallelujah. Some churches are starving to death for preaching. It's not like that in every church. Got a novice in the pulpit, wet behind the ears, couldn't preach his way out of a wet paper bag. Amen. Oh, come on now. Anyhow, and let me just say something right here. Then you got some guys that will feed you a steak, but their attitude is so rotten when they give it to you. That you just, oh man, that was good at the start and then he done ruined it. Uh, well, anyhow, I got to roll. Let me give you this now. Number two, a virtuous church will feed you, but look at your Bible. She perceiveth, she perceiveth that her, verse 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. Number one, a virtuous church will feed you. Number two, a virtuous church will not fail you. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. You know what the Bible says? That virtuous woman's candle lasted through the nighttime. 
That woman was willing to endure the night for her family. Hey, can I just say it? We all agree on this. Believers go through dark places and families go through dark places and even church families go through dark places. Hey, but aren't you glad when you've been and went through a trial and walked through a valley or climbed a mountain, there was a mama right here on Indian Hill, a road that kept the light on for you and you made it through the night. Why? Because you had a virtuous mama that helped you through the night. Oh, yes. I remember when I was a boy and I'd be sick, my mama would sit there and pat me. My mama would love on me. She'd make sure if I was a coffin, she'd put all this gook on my chest. And uh, What in the world was that stuff? What was it? Vicks Vapor Rub. Just saying it, I smell it right now. And she'd cake it on my nostrils. I had to, she put so much I'd have to... Breathe out my mouth. Come on now. You youngins, you youngins just don't know how good life was back in the 80s. Vicks Vapor Rub. I remember my mama, she'd come in there and she'd check on me all through the night. I'd be a coffin. If I was a coffin and awake, mama was up with me. She wouldn't go to sleep. She was going to make sure she sat there. Hey, can somebody say amen right there? Oh, isn't it good that you've got a church tonight? Some of you've been through the fire. Some of you've been through the storm. Some of you've lost dear loved ones and had to go through horrible tragedies. But there was a church right here. There was a mama right here that helped you through the storm and helped you through the night. Our good mother will not fail you. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. You know that song, Let the Lower Lights Be Burning? Philip Bliss wrote a story about that. P.P. Bliss, Philip Bliss, he's the one that put the music to It Is Well With My Soul. Wrote a lot of songs in the hymn book. I was reading this, the Cleveland Harbor had a big old lighthouse that would beam. But in those days before electricity, they had oil lamps that would light the harbor because they said that a lot of times the lighthouse could show the sailors how to get in, but they needed lower lights along the way so they wouldn't crash into other ships and crash into the dock. And one night, the man who lit the lower lights got drunk and didn't make it to work and did not light the lights and a bunch of ships crashed and sank right there in the Cleveland Harbor. And Philip Bliss heard that story and wrote, Let the lower lights be burning. Listen to the words of it. Let the lower lights be burning. Send a gleam across the wave. Some poor fainting, struggling seamen, you may rescue, you may save. You know what he was saying? Keep the light on. Some of y'all would have sunk. Some of y'all would have sunk and it might not be very far away. It could have just been a couple months ago. You'd have given up. You'd have quit. You'd have went back. You'd have gave up and thrown in the towel. But when you got down to the house of God, he wasn't dried up and the church wasn't the chosen frozen. But there was a fire burning in here. The lower lights were still burning and you found yourself in the altar getting some help from God. Hey, Calvary, let the lower lights be burning. We don't know who's out yonder right now riding up and down this little road. 
that's just about ready to give up throwing the town quit. But they're looking for a place where somebody's going to hug them and somebody's going to love them and somebody's going to tell them you can make it. Oh, yes, that's right. And you know, sometimes, let's just be honest, Brother Pope, you don't always come in on fire. Now, you ain't going to let them know it. I know you well enough to know that. He's going to come in with that smile and those words and he's going to say it just like he always said because I do the same thing. Brother Chris Caldwell come in. He's a member of our church, one of my trustees. He come in the other day. He said, I don't see how you do it. I said, what? He said, I know. This is about three or four months ago. He said, I know what you've dealt with all week long. He said, I've been in the meetings with you. He said, I know. He said, but when you got in the pulpit Sunday, he said, I, I couldn't tell that you'd been through everything we'd been through. How'd you do that? I said, come here, I'll show you. And I pulled my shirt up and I said, you see that S? No, I didn't. Amen. <laughs> I told him, I said, here's why. I said, I reached down and grabbed some gumption because there's going to be somebody in that service that already feels like quitting. And if I get up there with the mully grubs and the poor mouth and oh, woe is me, then they're going to feel like, well, ain't nobody got any hope. The truth is this, some Sundays you feel great and some Sundays you don't. Some Sundays you come in on fire and some Sundays you come in cold as can be. Now, if everybody comes in hot, we might blow the roof off this place, shout. And if everybody comes in cold, well, y'all might vote to sell it to the Masonic Lodge. I don't know. So the truth is, we come in like this. Well, when you're having a great day and God's answered prayer, you need to come in fired up because somebody over here had a bad day and is still waiting on their answer. We got to keep the, the lights burning. And you're the church. This brick, this mortar, this, listen, these fancy, yeah, look at them things. I want some, amen. Them fancy things and that piano and all this, this ain't the church. This is the creepiest place on Indian Hill Road when y'all ain't here. I'm telling it right. You're the church. You're the body of believers. You're the called out assembly. So you're the one that's got to keep the light on. Yep, man, preacher. A virtuous church will feed you. A virtuous church will not fail you. Look at your Bible, verse 20. She stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. Y'all with me? Oh, a virtuous church will freely give. I'm going to say this. Calvary Baptist Church is not a banking business. I'm in trouble, ain't I? I'm going to tell you, we don't have a whole lot of things to Calvary, and I try to be a good steward of God's money. I do. And we try to keep a little bit. We try to keep a little bit of a surplus. But I do not want Jesus to come and thanks to Calvary Baptist Church have half a million, a million, two million, three million dollars. I'm just sorry. I just don't want, I don't believe it. I know a church right now that maxed out four banks in their city. Y'all hearing that? Well, anyhow. And probably don't support one missionary and ain't had a building program in years. I don't understand that. These little churches in Wilkes County right now that, 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 that seat probably half of what this and got over half a million dollars and about 10 people in the, in, in, on the membership. What's up with that? 
That, that is not the will of God. These missionaries all over the world could use a, a dollar, could use a thousand dollars. Oh, my soul, we are not in the banking business. I still believe God will give it to you if he can give it through you. This virtuous woman reaches out her hand to the poor. Oh, I know how the average Baptist church is now. Well, we're going to take care of our own. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I'm getting in trouble, I know. When our churches stop reaching out to those out there, I am so tired. Let me, let me help y'all. Brother Steve knows that. Let me help us. Don't ever prejudge anybody that walks in that back door. I've seen people walk in the back door, and when they did, I did this. Oh, boy, look at them. Those are going to be awesome members. And they turned out to be the biggest devils I ever had. You better watch them's got honey on their lips. They got a stinger on their hind end. Now, I know he wouldn't say that, so I said it. I'm so sorry. It just came out. You better watch them. Better watch them. Did you see what they drove in on? 2019. 2019. 2019 Suburban. Wow. Do you know what that cost, Brother Ricky? They probably got them. I hope nobody's got a 2019 Suburban. Yo, well, you're good. They probably got money driving something like that. And then somebody comes in. On May Pop tires. 1976 Oldsmobile. Come on now. Wonder what they want. If the only people you minister to is the ones you think can give you something, you ain't doing ministry. True Christianity is helping the folks that can do nothing to help you in return. Yep, I tell you what I have seen. I've seen some of them that come in and look like they'd been tossed aside and spent the night in jail. I've seen God save them by his grace and put them in the choir and make them great pillars of the church. Stretch out that hand. Amen. A virtuous church stretches out that hand. Number four. Look at verse 21. I got a whole lot more. I just can't preach them all. Verse 21 says, She's not afraid of the snow for her household. A virtuous church will be prepared for the future. She's not afraid of the snow. I like the snow. Don't y'all like snow? I hope we get 14 feet this year. She's not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. A virtuous church, a virtuous woman, a virtuous mother will prepare her children for the wintertime. Genesis 8, 22 says, While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease. It's a fact, church. I, 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 wish, I, wish, I wish church folk would get a hold of this truth. Seasons change. If you're not careful, 
You go through a summertime with your church when everything's woo and awesome and a party. And when the winter hits and stuff's dying off and it's getting cold and you're shivering, you'll think, well, God's done left us. No, God just lets us go through seasons. There's times when our church seems like somebody gets saved every service. And then there's seasons where we don't. There's seasons where it seems like, boom, 25 people in growth. And then there's seasons when we're going, what's happening? Huh? You're going to go through changes. You know what a good church will do, though? It'll prepare you for the winter time. Oh, yes, every believer and family and church is going to enter the winter. But a virtuous church prepares for the snow. Look at this. The Bible says here that she clothes them with scarlet. That word scarlet means twice dyed or double dyed. You know what it means here? The picture is that she doubles the clothing of her children. She don't just give you one covering. She double layers it. She gives you more than enough. Aren't you glad for a church that can keep you warm in the winter? Oh, somebody here to preach her. A virtuous church will clothe herself. Look at verse 23. The Bible said, uh, excuse me, verse 22, she maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Hey, that silk next to the body, it feels good. I remember when my mom would have those house coats on that were so warm and soft and and I'd love to lay up against mama when it was cold. Come on now, y'all with me, aren't you? And then, it's all right to buy your wife a new house coat every now and again. Some of these house coats they listen. I'm only preaching to one right now. Some of these house coats need to be buried. Some of y'all's, some of y'all's wardrobes, some of y'all's little, you know, drawers and stuff you got your clothes in. I ain't talking about your drawers, I'm talking about your drawers. Come on, people. You know, they're drawers. You pull them out, you push them in. Unbelievable. Some of these wardrobes, you open it up, looks like Night of the Living Dead. Old raggedy green house coats. And what's up with them shoes with the holes in the ends and the toes sticking out the bottom? Y'all with me? Virtuous woman wears silk. Just saying. <laughs> Feels good when you lay up next to it. It ain't one of them's got dingleberries all in the, all in the, all in. The, y'all with me? Y'all all right? Old green raggedy dingleberry house coat. Get rid of that thing. Get you one of them silk house coats that feels warm and cuddly. I hope y'all come to have a good time tonight. I'm having a blast. Silk. How many of y'all know when you got a church that's, I'm not talking about in a physical sense, I'm talking about in a spiritual sense, a church that's dressed right. And you walk in and you snuggle up to mama and it just feels good. She clothes herself with silk. Oh, and then the Bible says she clothes herself. What else? Look at your Bible. Clothes herself with purple. 
Purple's the color of royalty. When you walk in the church and the church is right and clothed right with the spiritual clothing, you know you're part of a family. Uh, that's a family of God. You know you're the king's kids. You know you're children of the king. We just sang it a while ago. Hey, we're a royal family. We're a royal priesthood. We're a chosen generation of peculiar people. Oh, yes, a virtuous church prepares for the future. I got a roll, number five. Look at verse 28. A virtuous church will be fruitful. Verse 28 says, Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her in the gates. I saw something in verse 11 before I get to that. Look what verse 11 says. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her. Who's the husband of the church? Jesus. I wonder if Jesus trusts Calvary Baptist. Well, somebody ought to hear it. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil. I wonder what the community thinks at the average Baptist church of our day about Jesus. We've got a generation that mocks him and curses him and hates him. I'm going to tell you why. His wife in the past generations has let his name down. We've acted one way in here and another way out there and people do not believe what the church says any longer. And it's not just a reproach on this name and reproach on this community church. It's a reproach on the name above all names. That's the name of Jesus. Hey, I want to be a part of a church that Jesus trusts and a part of a church that does him good and not evil. Be fruitful, her children rise up, verse 28, and call her blessed. Mm. Her husband also, what does he do? He's calling her blessed. He praises her. Well, preacher, the community don't think much of us. What do you think Jesus thinks about you? I got over that. See, the thing is, preacher, you've been preaching long enough, you know this. You can preach the same sermon. There's somebody in here tonight, there's some of them that's loving it. And there's some of them in here going, I don't know about that guy. I got over that a long time ago. You know what? Whether y'all like me or y'all like me or nobody likes me, I hear somebody in heaven right now saying, go on, son, go on, preach. Tell the truth. Preach it, preach it. There's the Holy Ghost inside right now doing cartwheels. Doing cartwheels. Hey, church, can I help you? Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband praises her. And listen, I'm thankful that the church loves each other and we ought to bless one another and bless the church. But I'm going to tell you more than anything else, if I know that my heavenly father, if I know that my heavenly bridegroom is happy with what's going on, let all hell come against me. Let the world think what they will as long as he is pleased. Oh, yes. He says good things about his wife. He praises her. Well, I want God to say good things about my church. And I want my children of the church to say good things about the church. I ain't talking about the babies. I ain't talking about the 10-year-olds. I'm talking about the church. A virtuous church is a fruitful church. Amazing thing about produce and vegetables. It'll supply the need today, but it'll also supply the need tomorrow. That's the beauty of a family. Jeremiah, my firstborn, now he's done giving me a grandbaby. If I hang around long enough and quit eating double cheeseburgers, I might get to see Israel's baby one day. 
But see, that seed multiplied that seed that multiplied that seed. Hello? A virtuous church, when one gets saved, that's, that's another whole harvest. Like that ear of corn, one seed brings about three ear of corns, which is about 400 kernels on an ear. One seed brings a stalk out of the ground that'll make over 1,200 seeds. Did y'all hear what I just said? One seed. A virtuous church. Say, preacher, I don't know. We're pretty full in this building, but I don't know over there. Are we going to fill that out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One seed. Be a virtuous church. Be fruitful. Multiply. Oh, yes, preacher. Oh, God, help us to be fruitful. Well, I don't like the way Brother Pope does things around here. Y'all okay? Where's all my youngins in here? If you're 10 years of age, and let me just say, if you're 13 and under, I want you to stand up on the chair. Stand up. 13 and under, stand up. Stand up. Y'all all right. Y'all all right. Yeah. Yeah. Stand up. Yeah, it's okay. I know probably the rule is you don't stand on the pew, but I'm going to let you slip with that one. I guarantee you if this preacher is anything like I am, that's why you do what you do. And it don't mean you don't love these others. It don't mean that he don't appreciate gray-haired folk. But you know what you know? Right there is the hope for this community. That's the hope for this community. The multiplication, the seed that, that multiplies. Guys, you can be seeded. Thank God for that. Look at verse 23. Her husband is known in the gates how when he sitteth among the elders, elders of the land. You know, you see that all the honor and the praise is going to him. Verse 25, strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. You know what that means? A woman's work is never done and neither is the work of the virtuous church. We've heard that say, woman's work's never done. I've heard it said. I don't know if you other men have heard it, but I've heard it. I'll be, I, I'm willing to admit it. Yeah. Amen. Woman's work is never done. Right. You're exactly right. When it comes to the church, the work is never done. Amen. There are sinners all over this community. You say, preacher, why are you preaching like this? Because I want to remind you tonight how good God's been to y'all. I want to remind you tonight that you got something precious. You got something holy. You're on holy ground tonight. And it's priced far above rubies and when the devil tries to come up to you and tries to put thoughts in your mind about this place and about that preacher and about his wife and about any member of this church just kick that out of your mind and say oh no that place is far above rubies it's far above rubies who can find a virtuous church are you glad you found one you gonna pray a hedge up about it you gonna keep the light on you gonna feed those folks from afar you Sunday school teachers, you're part of that church feeding. And you come in on Saturday night after 14 football games, throw a lesson together in about 20 minutes, come in with boogers in your eyes and hope that they get something out of it. Y'all don't listen to how I teach it. I didn't get much. Dear God, go way out yonder and get something good. People's hungry. Is that okay? I'm telling you, we are blessed people. You found a virtuous church. Now pray for it and protect it. Provide for it. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Priced far above rubies. How much do you value your preacher tonight? How much do you value your church? I found this to be true. Things I'm invested in, I'm interested in. You know why some people can walk away from a church so easy? They ain't got nothing invested You know how you can be around here for a long time? Sink your life in this place. 
And you'll invest so much that you'll have a hard time walking away from it. Its price is far above rubies. I know we're limited in the altar. We got such a crowd in here tonight. But you can bow right there in that chair. And you can thank God tonight for a preacher and for a church that is a virtuous, honorable, righteous, holy place. Let's stand all over the building. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I don't know who's members of Calvary Baptist Church and who's not other than the ones that came with me. But Calvary Baptist Church, I challenge you tonight, this is about revival. Revival's for the church. Revival's for the church. Has the devil put some thoughts in your mind? I know how he works. You need to value this place. You need to value this people. You need to value this preacher. It's far above rubies. It's far above rubies. This altar's open. Make your way down. And our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed tonight. Hey, if God spoke to your heart this evening, why don't you make your way down here and join these that are already in the altar? Maybe tonight you just need to just come down and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for giving me a, a church like you've given me. Maybe tonight you'd come to the altar like I did and just say, Lord, would you put a hedge around her? God, would you put a hedge around this place? I need her. I need, I need this place to be here for my kids. I need this place to, to still be strong and functioning when my grandkids are older. You know, it's more than just us. And I've got grandkids that are coming up. I want them to have a church that they can go to where they can be stirred, where they can be revived. What about it tonight? Would you come while we wait? Why don't you just slip out right now and make your way down here to the altar and just do business with God? Would you come? Would you come while we wait? It could be tonight that